I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I don't know about you, Cammy, because I don't know you. You don't? But in this movie would not work in today's modern society. Charlie would have taken a selfie <laughs> at some point. Yeah, you're right. And that would be that would be his undoing. <coughs> Ow. <coughs> you made me choke. Um, because of how I'm funny I'm the Mary Widow Strangler. It's you. <laughs> it was you the whole time. I kill them with jokes about Charlie. Yeah. Can you imagine how many serial killers existed in a time when it was easy to be a serial killer? <laughs> when the only way, the only thing you had to do to get away with the crime is to literally just go on vacation for a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to move to Idaho for a little while just until all of this settles down and I'll be back. Don't take my picture. Yeah. Give me the film. Uh, evidence is such a newfangled thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised movies don't illustrate that better. I know. Alrighty, now that the the intro, the prologue, the foreword is out of the way. Welcome. <laughs> now that we've had what? banter for a minute. <laughs> uh, welcome, one and all, to Spooky Time presents Alfred Hitchcock's movie, <laughs> Shadow of a Doubt. A plus. <laughs> The 1943 classic starring Teresa Wright as Charlie. And on the opposite side of that, there is Joseph Cotton as Charlie. <laughs> Two Charlies? I'm going to be playing that bit up a lot this episode. So everyone strap in. <laughs> I'm seeing double uh, here. <laughs> Four Charlies? Four Charlies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Do you know the world is a foul sty? Do you know if you ripped the fronts off houses, you'd find swine? I don't want you to touch my mother. So go away, I'm warning you. Go away or I'll kill you myself. Your hands. Oh, let me go, Uncle Charlie. Let me go. I'm one of your hosts today, Kyle, and if you want to see me break an egg, you're going to have to wait until the recipe calls for me to break an egg. <laughs> this is the hill I have chosen to die on. <laughs> and who's that choking in the garage? It's me, Cammy. I'm choking in the garage. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> girls today, they love falling asleep in the garage. It's part of my beauty routine. <laughs> the smoke really gives me that smoky eye look. <laughs> it makes me look older. It makes me look almost as old as my sexy uncle, Charlie. Sexy uncle Charlie. They were giving each other the eye during this movie, I swear to God. Yeah, this this movie's weird. It's like... Yeah, a little bit yucky at times. Uh, Oh, Charlie, I knew you'd come. I felt it in my heart. (laughs) 
Good lord. Uh, so yes, today's movie is Shadow of a Doubt. And I have a little plot summary for those of you out there who haven't seen it yet. Shame on you if you haven't. Yeah. It's available on Hits, a TV channel that exists. And Peacock. Oh, but we don't talk about Peacock on this show. I forgot. We'll have to bleep no, that they're, out. They're still in the uh, the timeout box for Crimes Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Enter the world of 1943's California, yes. where Charlie's got a problem. She's bored. She's living the good life, but that's no fun. Not for a girl her age. A visiting uncle is just the thing to spice up her life. Enter Charlie, a handsome and occasionally super intense man who, for no particular reason, has $40,000 in a suitcase covered in blood. And he wants to move in. That's great. Everyone's happy. He's such a charmer. Whole family under one roof again. It's just like the good old days. That is until Johnny Law, posing as Ivan Interviewer, comes snooping around. Two sleuths think the elder Charlie might be the Merry Widow Strangler. How he, how, how the police knew the widows were merry? Oh, that's a secret they'll keep to their grave. <laughs> Little C doesn't believe it. It's impossible. That is, until she sees evidence. Evidence of what, you ask? Murder. <gasps> her new ring has the initials of a dead lady. Chuck's hiding a newspaper from her. And the way her uncle describes women as quote-unquote, super easy to murder, all paint a very clear picture. (laughs) Little Charlotte decides to turn him in before she can, but before she can, the other murder suspect gets pushed into a, into a, gets pushed into an airplane propeller. Mm. That's a tongue twister. Yes, it is. And a tongue shredder. It's a head splitter. (laughs) And as we all know, uh, getting pushed into a propeller is a sign of guilt, and so the investigation is called off. Charles Lee Ray, as he now likes to be called, <laughs> now that he doesn't have to hide anymore, is overjoyed and celebrates by playing a few pranks on his niece, like booby-trapping the stairs and throwing knives at her while she sleeps. <laughs> Hilarious. He's funny. I love him. Uh, but she doesn't find it funny. Eventually, a compromise is reached between the two Charlies. If Charlie A leaves town, Charlie B won't prove he's a murderer. Everybody wins. But while on the train out of town, and buckle up because this is going to be a tough thing for me to read accurately. Okay. Charlie betrays Charlie, and Charlie almost gets thrown from the train. But Charlie is able to overpower Charlie, and Charlie ends up being the one thrown to their death. (laughs) Thus ends the tragic life of Charlie. Uh, at the funeral, everyone agrees having a murderer in the family would be a real bummer. Uh, so they decide to let Propeller Face take the blame. And thus the movie ends. Yes. Poor Propeller Face and his family. They'll never know solace. Oh, Propeller Face. <laughs> oh, we knew you well. What a tangled web you wove. <laughs> you know, a little known fact about Propeller Face is before his accident... People just called him Steve. (laughs) Oh, no. Old propeller face. He's in a better place now. Propeller face. (laughs) (laughs) In one way or another, he's in the sky, in the clouds with the angels. 
You could even say that because he died in a relation to the Mary Widow murderer case, he became one of Charlie's angels. <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. Uh, I'm on a roll today. I like the name Charlie. Yeah. The um the name Charlie in this movie is said approximately 170 times. <laughs> this is like pulp fiction with the word fuck. Oh dear. They had someone sit down and count the Charlies. 170 Charlies. That's they really need to come up with nicknames for these guys only four like I tried ants. to do. <laughs> only four ants. I have an aunt Anne. <gasps> wow. Like the pretzel lady? There's a pretzel lady named Aunt Anne? No, Auntie Anne's? Like the pretzel place? I've never heard of that. The, I don't think the it's pretzel real. place in the mall? I don't go to the mall. What? I mean, neither do I. There's a global <laughs> pandemic, but you've never been to Auntie Anne's? Have you no. been to Wetzel's Pretzels? I have heard of Wetzel's Pretzels. Oh my God. It rhymes. <laughs> so you paid attention. <laughs> I understand. I love tooth. I love rhymes more than I love alliterations, but it is a close race. Uh, I never knew so that about Cammie. you. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's the bio on my Tinder profile. Uh, I like alliterations, but I like rhyming more. Date me. <laughs> uh, so tell me what you thought about the movie, um, Shadow of a Doubt. Overall, I this one was like interesting because it it was interesting the whole the whole movie kind of it kept me sucked in the whole time and even though this is oopsies i just kicked my desk um even though this is another long film uh especially in the realm of early quote early cinema uh where everything was typically between like an hour and 20 minutes and an hour and 30 minutes this movie is almost i think an hour and 50 minutes long um hour 45 something like that um but i did i i loved every minute of this movie i i it kept me it, it didn't keep me guessing though that's the thing like but I think that that happens with suspense movies a lot of the time. You, I think I've mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, but um, suspense is when you give the audience the answer and then you let the movie play out. Yeah, definitely. So you've got that growing sort of suspense. Uh, because, I mean, regardless of whether or not Charlie was actually the murderer at the end of the movie, or I guess toward the middle of the movie, we kind of get it confirmed that he was the, uh, the killer. He's an asshole. Like there's no way he, (laughs) there's no way he like couldn't have been the murderer just because of how much of a dick he was and how misogynistic he was. Yeah. At a certain point it became not a question of if, but when he would be revealed it. Yeah. So it was, I think, I think a part of me was uh, toward the end of the movie kind of getting to a point where I was like, all right, like what's, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen? Yeah. It was, it was, um, I guess it was just inevitable that Charlie was going to try to kill Charlie, uh, because she was the only one who, who really knew besides the cop. Yeah. The detective. What did, what did you think? I was not as caught up in this movie the entire time. I did feel it dragged on. Okay. And like there, there are scenes like with lots of dialogue with like, I don't 
like I don't care for this family at all. The mother <laughs> is crazy. The children are annoying. Yeah. I like Charlie. I like the dad when he's talking about murder with his buddy. <laughs> I liked that a lot. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. But overall, like there were scenes that dragged on forever, but there were also scenes that were short and I mean silent where so much happened just by like implication. Mm-hmm. Like when we'll talk about it more later, like Charlie comes down the stairs with the ring on. Yeah. And and the other Charlie, murder Charlie, yeah. decides like he notices it, recognizes the threat that's just been made against him, and immediately pivots to, oh, I would give my speech, but I'm actually leaving town mm-hmm. tomorrow. That was done so well and so, like, quickly and just with more action than words. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So th- there were a few scenes like that that I really liked, but then everything in between just kind of dragged on. Fell flat. Yeah. I know what you mean. I do. Um, this definitely isn't my favorite Hitchcock movie, uh, but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the story. Um, but but yeah, it was it was it was definitely okay for me personally. <laughs> and I feel like you feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. This, if I had to rank all five movies, this one is fighting for second, second and third. Okay. But against whom, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Cammie, do you have anything you want to tell me about the movie? Um, How many Charlies died in production? <laughs> they went through 13 Charlies. <laughs> That's a lot fewer than I thought. I wanted Charlie McCarthy, the ventriloquist dummy, to show up in this movie sometime. Just, <laughs> just because. I want to see a scared movie-style spoof of this where every character is named Charlie. <laughs> And just see how long they can make that go. Yes. That would be hilarious. Write that down. Copyright it. All right. Scary movie, but with Charlie. <laughs> Period. TM. Um, <clears throat> it almost goes without saying, but there's definitely a theme of uh, the use of two pairs of things in this movie. This movie is very... um symmetrical oh. you've got the two charlies you've got uh the two scenes at the at the uh train station at the very beginning and at the very end uh you've got the two men that they're trying to catch you've got the two detectives who are on the case um each character has two hands and two sets of gloves for their hands <laughs> oh my god it's four gloves per person. Um, and also the police visit their house twice. Oh. This is definitely the Wes Anderson <laughs> of, <laughs> of Hitchcock films. Uh, the Alfred Hitchcock cameo uh, shows up on the train. He's the man playing cards. He's got a... Uh, he's got, I, I think, all of the um, suits of 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 spades he's got uh, including the ace oh yeah um, or was it hearts no it was spades i believe it was spades they um were playing hearts yeah i could have shot them <laughs> i don't know how true this is but uh allegedly alfred hitchcock said that this was his favorite film of his own and i'm scratching my head i wonder why uh, yeah. because this there one are others. Even have Tippy Hedren. <laughs> this one doesn't even have a a a, a blonde young uh, actress in it. She's got dark hair. I was confused for a while. Maybe it was a wig. Only Alfie <laughs> could see her blonde. 
Yuck. Uh, the story is loosely based on the crimes of serial killer Earl Nelson, who did the same thing. He killed widows and just traveled killing killing i am what i i'm to assume he, he's called the merry widow strangler killer murderer what have uh, murderer you for this um, one. because of how disgusted he was with the fact that these women were so happy with their dead husband's money did he also move in with his niece earl and that's when he got caught <laughs> yes that's exactly what happened oh <sighs> The film was shot on location. Uh, many of the extras and uh, a couple of the actors were uh, Santa Rosa locals. So I thought that was pretty neat. The $40,000 that uh, Charlie opened the bank account with is the equivalent of $606,000 today. I saw that. I was looking at Wikipedia and it said like $40,000 <laughs> is equivalent to 0.6 million. And I'm like, ugh, that's not an impressive way to say your number. 0.6. That sounds tiny. It's like, that's not even enough money to go to the hospital if you're sick. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, God. Uh, Patricia Collinge, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, uh, who played uh, Emma. Charlie's sister, uh, Charlie's mother, <laughs> wrote the garage scene between uh, Charlie and Jack when they get locked in the garage together. Oh. Yeah. Um, a lot of symbolism in this movie. Um, according to Hitchcock himself, the dense black smoke coming from the train uh, at the beginning of the movie symbolizes the imminent evil coming into their small town. He, he I think he really liked this movie. Um, itself as his own piece of art because he thought that it was just such a fun idea to bring murder and mayhem into a tiny little quiet town, which seems to be his his bag, his forte. Yeah. What if we have this, a scene, but then there's murder? <laughs> what if? That applies to four out of our five movies this month. Wow. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, that I we 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 can move on for 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 now. If I think of anything else that I've stumbled upon, uh, in my in my travels in my research, I will bring it up as we kind of talk through the movie, discuss our uh what we did like, what we didn't like, some scenage. If you if you so please, would you would you like to go first? Do you want to? Yeah. Let's dive into that hot, hot scenage. Hot, hot scenage. <laughs> Gross. All right. You go first. Give me a scene. Paint me a picture. All right. Looking at my notes here, I wrote The Family Sucks 11 times. Kyle. What? That's a lot. Why did you write it that just, so many times? It kept happening. I think at Kitchcock, like, let's just talk about the, the family scenes. It's like he did a good job of painting a two average American family, mm -hmm. especially like one from maybe 1940s. I mean, the, the one little girl's a know-it-all. Mm -hmm. The mother is, I feel like they don't talk about it enough, but she is teetering on the edge of insanity. Yeah. She's, she's, she's definitely got that look in her eyes. Like she's just ready to snap at any moment. And the fact that the family's 
like tiptoeing around was like oh like we can't do anything to upset her uh what would happen if mother gets upset again she'd uh she'd go over the wall yeah she'd get the gun back out <laughs> i just have a feeling that like that was just a thing back then where it was like, oh, you can't tell women things, otherwise they'll get the vapors and they'll pass out. They'll just go crazy if they find... Like, like women were so fragile back then that... Kimmy, I'll have you know my mother died from the vapors. It's not a joke. <laughs> the vapors. Was, were the, was it paint thinner? It was gasoline. People don't realize it's the gasoline vapor that catches fire, uh, not the liquid. Oh, no. She burned for Charlie almost minutes. died from the vapors <laughs> when Charlie locked her in the garage. Yeah, see, it's a thing. Ah, the vapors. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe like just as a 2000s era viewer, I can't connect with that kind of family as much. Uh huh. Like maybe if the kids were playing on their iPads and the mother was a uh, like a a food blogger instead of a crazy <laughs> egg lady, I would have enjoyed their screen time more but mm-hmm. as it is it felt it felt kind of flat for me i was constantly just waiting for those scenes to end um i think it was interesting just because i mean like the youngest son didn't really do a whole lot he was just there to like be a kid to be a young boy uh yeah. and the second oldest the, their middle child the girl with the glasses she uh she was interesting to me because she was cute but at the same time i feel like she sort of she's an offshoot of the normal like middle school age girl that you usually see in a movie from that era they're always like very very proper very cute very they don't really the younger ones usually i guess steal the thunder from from the, from the older kids in these movies but she was definitely more interesting than uh what's the name roger yeah the younger definitely, kid yeah. i liked when she was praying and she said god bless what did she say veronica lake some radio show star and the president of the united states she was funny she was like witty but yeah she was also kind of a brat like kind of a know-it-all um yeah I don't need to I learn how to fold papers. I can read the papers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And kids are actually like that, though. That's very... It is average. I know so many kids who are like that, who are just like, um, that's baby stuff. I'm too old for that. You know? It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Calm down. You're eight. You're eight. You know nothing yeah. of the world and it's terror. <laughs> I loved their dad, though. I loved these little side conversations that he was having with is it just a friend of his co-worker um, i think co-worker yeah about like how they would murder each other because i feel like that's that's such a relatable thing especially right now where you've got this just surge of podcasts murder. and shows and everything you know about true crime everybody's obsessed with true crime right now and so you're always seeing this stuff on uh f- like facebook that's like you know me walking into a party telling people random facts about serial killers that sort of thing yeah. um it was yeah. relatable content <laughs> their father yeah. and his co-worker slash friend yeah and definitely had much more of a screen presence than the other one she made her she was an individual where he was just a a cliche of a boy yes 
She's like a know-it-all 12-year-old that's very, that's quite realistic. <laughs> and definitely very particular. Like when she was saying how they got a message from someone, but she didn't write it down because there's no pencils. And how in her house she's going to have pencils and it was da 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 Yeah. Yep. It's the dream. I have my house filled with pens. Thank you very much. I, I, I live a classy <laughs> life. Oh, boy. Pens. Yes. Pens um, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> oh, um, I My brain just, I think, fell out of my head. I was just going to talk about a specific scene. Well, while you're picking your brains back up... Um, I want. I mentioned this earlier. I want to talk about the scene where she's uh, coming down the stairs with the ring. Oh yes, that was like one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. Yeah, it's. I love me a game of cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. And this was a uh, a perfect one, and they played it so perfectly. She yeah. comes down, makes a big scene of coming down, has the ring flashing away. He yeah. sees it. He reacts. He's already. We already know he's a smart killer, and so yeah. he reacts perfectly, given the provocation. Announces he's going to leave. Uh, and it all happens so quickly and with nothing but just like a look on both their faces for them yep. to know exactly what's happening. Yeah, that's exactly how serial killers work, too. They're so quick on their feet and they're so they can lie so easily. Just um, like my parents. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, I just remembered what I was going to say. Um, and I feel like this adds on to that pretty well earlier in the in the movie um it's it's charlie and charlie old charlie uncle charlie is in bed um emma comes in you know with his breakfast and and um charlie goes to get like the only photo of him that exists and he's he's a little kid uh she tells a story about how he was in an accident and messed up his head. Yeah. Which I thought was like really, it was really brilliant, especially, I mean, I'm assuming we had to have known that head trauma breeds serial killers in some instances. I feel that like was, that, was, that wasn't just randomly put in there. I think that was the implication is that he... He was right, and then he hurt his head, and now he's not. He is not quite right anymore. Just like that boy. <laughs> the Charlie ain't right. Uh, that was really interesting, and I didn't know that we had made that connection in the 40s. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how, like, logical it stands up. You, know, you don't bonk your head, and then you stab some lady, but... Yes. As a... 1940s era reason for him being a serial killer i like that as a as a reason definitely yeah especially considering for the most part even today people think that like serial killers are just evil they're just evil people it's like okay but like there are so many factors that make someone a killer that make someone enjoy killing Every every single yeah. person who has ever been a serial killer, mass murderer, murderer of any any sort was once a child. You know? Yeah. They they're not born a fully 
fully aged killing machine they are. Yeah. It was and a I think, process. Yeah, this movie does a really good job of pointing that out. They make us n- understand and know that Charlie was a kid once. You know? They tell us yeah. about it. Go into pristine detail mm-hmm. about how much, oh, it's Charlie was such a good boy. I loved him. Bonk on his head. Not quite right. Killed cats. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that I'll give that scene more credit now than when I first saw it. That was a very good way to, to build his lore and kind of his background. Yeah. Um... Charlie's slow descent. Well, I, I, I should slow, I guess, is relative. But Charlie's descent from being this like nice guy to just being a complete and utter asshole, um, especially like to the sorry, women in his was, life, was, was really interesting to me. It was fun to watch because I uh, because of like how much you hate him by the end of the movie. How much you just want Charlie, young Charlie to like get out of there and like you like you want something to happen to Uncle Charlie. You want him gone. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, just like the the things that Charlie, Uncle Charlie does throughout this movie that that are just like unsettling. You know, so you've got like him at the beginning where he's already feeling kind of guilty. He, you know, gets off the train and his family loves him, especially Charlie. You know, she's who we're following the whole time and we want her to succeed in everything because she is beautiful and so innocent, you know. Just like me. Yes. Kyle, you are beautiful and innocent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So whenever, I, you know, the first time we really get a glimpse of like who Charlie actually is, is when um, she's teasing him about uh, the newspaper article. Right. And he, he walks, freaks out. Yeah. yeah. He freaks out and like grabs her and it's like, oh, no. Oh, this is not a good person at all. And, yeah. you know, it just keeps going where she's got the, the tune stuck in her head at the um, at the dinner table and uh, they're trying to figure out what it is. And, you know, the the name of the song is The Merry Widow. And, oh. yeah. And so he was like, he knew what it was. But she was like, hmm, what is that? Hmm, I wonder. Er, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's Space Jam. Stop thinking about it. Space Jam. <laughs> you know, c- come on and slam. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, so the further and further it gets pushed, the more, you know, danger we feel as an audience because we don't want anything to happen to young Charlie. So by yeah. the time, by the end of the movie, he's trying to kill her. He tries to kill her twice. Yeah. Three times, possibly. Three times? Uh, stairs, car, train. <gasps> stairs, car, train. Stairs, car, train. Um... <laughs> yeah, and, and like going into the movie, like I assume he's the killer. Like I think I read like the back of the movie cover, and it said Charlie's a killer. He lives with other Charlie, and so I'm what I'm watching him interact with mostly like women, like mm-hmm. throughout his day, like when he's going to the bank. And I'm like, oh, like what's what's his type? Like is he her school friends? Like he was smiling at them and you know nodding at him, but then also he meets the uh, old ladies inside the bank office, and it's like, oh, but he's shaking that hand a little too hard. Like which one's he gonna? Yeah. Yeah, um, and just the way that he talks about women is so disgusting, <laughs> and makes me so mad. And I, I'm—I know that was you know intentional. It's supposed to be, but 
I mean, I felt he made a lot of strong points. <laughs> Shut up. Apparently, he's the gave the greatest speech in town history, probably about how women are fat and ugly and need to die. Yeah, really. Ugh. Misogynists are the worst. Yeah. Absolute worst kinds of people. Um. Them and genociders. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Wait. What, what if we genocided all the misogynists? <gasps> that's a great idea. Oh, no. Then we'd be the genociders. Oh, no. We get someone to genocide for us. And then we just do a single murder, and that's forgivable. Oh. I love that idea. Print it. <laughs> I'll write it down next to my Charlie scary scary movie. <laughs> okay, cool. My note paper's filling up fast. We're, we're coming up with so many ideas today. <laughs> um, yeah, so D- Uncle Charlie's slow descent. Um, and, you know, by the end of the movie, you want him dead. I yeah. wanted him dead. As soon I'll as he say, called Emma stupid, I wanted him dead. I loved his attempts on Charlie's life. They were such a, like a calculated attack, both or all three times. Mm-hmm. And it was just, that perked me right back up into the movie of like, oh, yeah, he's the killer, but like, so what? He's lying low. They're all safe. Yeah. But then Charlie fall down, falls down the stairs like, oh, interesting. He traps her in the room with the running car. I'm like, oh, buddy, he's got her. This town's yeah. too stupid to recognize murder. <laughs> he is, he is trying to murder his own niece. And then she's walking into the uh, the smoky garage with that car, and it's another, more severe this time, just attack on her after she threatened Uncle yes. Char Char. Yes. And I like like walking in like I could Im- immediately tell like that's, this is a trap. Oh no, he's gonna, he keeps accident murdering her and like suicide murdering her so that no one's going to suspect uh-huh and these townspeople they're dumb enough to believe it god <laughs> i hate them yeah it's it, the entire movie is just basically us being like oh no i hope charlie gets out of this okay <laughs> will our heroine become a smoked salmon no that was bad <laughs> what's a what's a fish that starts with h will our lovely heroine become a smoked herring She's cured no. in the worst way. <laughs> He's curing her of life. <laughs> oh, no. Charlie, why? No, Charlie, no. Don't yeah, bite And my then, finger. like, last minute, whenever she just uh, sort of flips him off of the train. Charlie essentially kills Charlie. Straight up, yeah. Um, and this, the whole lead up to the train, like, I honestly thought Hitchcock might kill her because it was such a a dastardly like last minute trap (laughs) two minutes left in the movie and he clearly had the advantage it's too early the 40s was too early to do that to your audience Uh, he 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 was the first one of the first people who really did that in a mainstream movie in the 60s like 20 years later with um psycho um of course you know with the with the shower scene happening so so soon into the movie um yeah, he this wasn't was... man enough yet to make his audience suffer. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't quite willing enough. But no, yeah, this was his, a really like an experiment for him almost. This was, this movie was made right after he came to America. This was the first fully American movie that he made. Um, so I think that being able to kind of like toy around with the suspense genre in that like small town USA 
it could be anywhere um was a lot of fun for him and you can tell that he had a lot of fun with it um yeah he definitely captured small town america perfectly like how much they were all freaking out about charlie's speech at like the local women's club or whatever that was yeah like that's no one cares in the city if you make a speech yeah exactly it's a santa rosa is i mean it's a real town and it's considerably larger than it was back when they made this movie but um a lot of the a lot of the stuff in the town is still there like the train station is still there um there are a lot of buildings that you know just never you know came down after um or haven't come down since they filmed there so even though it's kind of grown it's it's still parts of it still look the same which i think is really cool because he really he really built the movie around the town they filmed on location um you could say the town was just another character in his little movie (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> very good kyle yes beautiful and um, honestly the the last thing i have to talk about is that weird little romance between uh female charlie and male detective oh yeah god it, things were so strange back then like, like how old is charlie in this i thought she was like 16 or 17 she's not in high school anymore because like, i i'm pretty sure like her friend Who's the waitress at that that bar that she and Charlie like run into? Yeah. Um, kind of later in the movie, um, I think she says that she went to school with her, implying that. Oh, and also, isn't there? Uh, there's a high school graduation picture of Charlie up in one of the rooms that he looks at earlier in the movie. So I'm oh, assuming yeah. that she's like eighteen, nineteen. Um, kind of early college age. Yes. Uh. Okay, that makes more sense. Right for the wifing, she is. And (laughs) wifed, she does get, I'm assuming, eventually, by Jack. Um, I just... God, they they knew each other for, like, two weeks. They had, like, one date that ended with him saying, your uncle's a murderer. Like, that's not how you build a solid relationship. The courting process is so strange. Pre, like... Actual dating. You know, pre-bar scene. <laughs> pre-bar scene. It's just so strange to me. He's like, "I would like to court you and eventually marry you if you're cool with that." I'm like, "Is that just how things yeah. were back then?" <laughs> like a cute guy was like, "Hey, I have a good cop? job." <laughs> well, <laughs> his job is also one such a weird. Like, would your dad even let you date a cop? And it's like, no, I thought cops were like superheroes back then, more so than they are now. Like, your yeah. dad should be ecstatic. I don't know. That's that's a really good point. Um, this just seemed like a way to add time to, in my opinion, what was already kind of a bloating movie, and it yeah did take me out of it a lot at the end. Yeah. Um. I think I. I mean. Besides. I guess we could talk about just uh, we, we no we've already discussed uh, the sort of final scene of the movie the wrap up we we um if I'm yeah we talked we talked about you know the funeral and how they decided to you know keep it a secret um, again because the mother or the <laughs> yeah Charlie's mother couldn't take a shock like yep. uh, Uncle Charlie being a bad man I know. Ugh. What if women could just accept things back in the 40s, 
We wouldn't be in this mess. Four of my brothers are murderers. You don't see me whining about it. Exactly. Ugh. Ridiculous. Oh, Stefan. <laughs> the Midnight Wolfman of Madison County. <laughs> the Midnight Wolfman. That would be like uh, my DJ name. <laughs> I'm the Midnight I like Wolfman. Yo, 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 step on out for DJ Midnight Wolfman. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But it's all like easy listening. <laughs> like you think it's going to be like all rock music and yeah. it's just like fucking like neutral milk hotel. That's not easy listening, but. Yeah, my first banger for the night is it's called Whale Songs and it's literally whales. And then you just play <laughs> ambient noise and whale songs and pass out warm milk to all the people in attendance <laughs> i'd go to that good night club good night club <laughs> well in that on that note in that case on that note i can't speak today um i've noticed <laughs> shut up Anywho, okay. On that note, uh, maybe let's let's wrap this sucker up. We'll wrap up this month by uh, rating, giving our ratings. Yes. What are you gonna give this bad boy? Oh, jeez. Um, I think this one's gonna get like a three. A three. I'm going to give it a three because I enjoyed it. And though I enjoyed it, I don't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily completely entertained by it um, just because it felt, it was suspenseful, but it still felt like too safe as a film. And I know I should be looking at this from like a historical perspective, um, but Apparently, it didn't really make that much money at the box office, so maybe I am looking at it from a historical <laughs> perspective. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three, and Jared's going to give it a cock. Just kidding. Jared I don't know what loved Jared Shadow of a Doubt. Jared would give it a two. Jared is hopefully going to splice in some of his own little uh, tidbits Comments. about this movie yeah. uh, later on. So... Uh, Kyle, what what's your rating? What are you going to give it? I'm also going to give it a three. Wow. I love the cat and mouse stuff. There were some good scenes where a lot was shown instead of told. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. But the everything in between those scenes is what's going to hold it back. Yeah, there yeah. was so much. This There's a 90-minute cut of this movie some, possible that would be, in my opinion, much better. You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> let's call Topher Grace let's get Topher Grace on the phone he did it with the, the Star Wars prequels he can do it with Shadow of a Doubt what? Topher Grace like from 70s show? yeah he what? he like edited together all three of the Star Wars prequels um, into one like cohesive movie he just like cut out all the bullshit and apparently it's pretty good I haven't seen it though I have never heard that before. Oh, my God. If I'm not mistaken, he also did it with the, the Hobbit movies. <gasps> that yeah. is something worth looking into. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear the dwarves singing. I just want to watch Bilbo dance. 
<laughs> so what's your uh, what's your favorite movie from this month? What's your big Hitchcock takeaway? Oh, uh, Psycho. It always will be. Psycho? Um, but uh, having seen this was the first time I had watched Shadow of a, a Shadow of a Doubt. This was the first time. Uh, it was the first time I had seen Rope. Um, and it was the first time in a really long time since I had seen Rear Window, and I like had almost no recollection of it. Um, so it was it was really fun to visit these movies that I've been meaning to see for a really long time, um, and they were all good. There wasn't a movie in this bunch this five weeks that we have done that I didn't like. Even birds, especially birds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I I like the birds. Um, I think it's you know, I have my opinions about the birds, but um, overall, I think it's a pretty good movie. So okay. So yeah, uh, how about you? I this week's this month started off so strong with rope that just punched yeah, me out of left so field and good. knocked me right out. I that is. By and by far and away the best, my favorite movie from this month. Really? Okay. Uh, yes. Interesting. And Psycho, I think Psycho's a classic. I don't want to count that one. What was between Psycho? Was Psycho number two? We did Rope, then Psycho, Rear Window, Birds, then this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think yes, yeah, Psycho would be second for me, but okay. Rope was just I had never even heard of Rope. Like I've heard of all these other ones and had an idea kind mm-hmm. of of what they were, but. Rope yeah. was a dark horse candidate that just stole the show. <laughs> it is very good. Uh, I might watch that. I, I will watch that one again in the future. The rest of these, I'll watch if it's part of a, like an event or something we're doing in the future, but mm-hmm. not really for entertainment. Rope, I would watch for entertainment. Amen. Maybe, maybe pick up on those gay undertones I completely missed the first time around. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it again. <laughs> Get educated. Uh, so, Cammy, what are we doing next month? What is September? Oh, boy. Our friend and uh, patron on Patreon, Yusuf, chose uh, next month's category. And I'm super excited that we are doing some horror comedies. I am stoked. They're going to be good. Yes. I love to laugh and I love to scream. Me I love to too. This is one of my favorite genres of anything especially movies so uh, (laughs) yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun next uh next month do you want to tell them what the first movie is gonna be should i tell them yeah they gotta be they gotta be able to watch it all right we're starting with the queen mother of all horror comedies and my personal favorite movie of all time young frankenstein the mel gibson one (laughs) (laughs) i would hope so (laughs) the mel Mel Brooks one. I a few people have told oh, me that. Well. Um, <laughs> did you not catch I wasn't listening. that? I did not. I heard Mel and just kind of zoned. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. In our, Melly yeah. boy. He's, was it our last episode or the the birds episode when you called Mel Brooks Mel Gibson and none of us caught it until like <laughs> a little bit later when Jarrett was like, "Did you say Mel Gibson?" Uh, oh, I'm boy. not good. <laughs> Mel Gibson's uh, timeless 1974 classic comedy, Young <laughs> Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, so we will talk about that next week. I'm 
very, very excited, and you should be too. Um, Kyle, in the meantime, where can everybody find you on social media if they would like to do that? <gasps> well, they can find me on Twitter at Fievel Goes West, F-I-E-V-A-L Goes West. It's all one word, baby. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Old Man Yells at Clouds. Wow. Underscores between all the words, baby. Baby. Um, if you want to donate to our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash spooky time net. No, what is it? I can't. Our I have Patreon this written down is somewhere. spooky time podcast. Patreon.com. Spooky time. All right, let me, Jarrett, cut some of this. Let me just say it one more time. <laughs> Take your time. And if you want to donate to our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash spooky time podcast. Um, check out our tiers you got for the price of a cup of coffee five dollars maybe even less if you have sweet talk me you get a plethora of bonus shows oh there's like six seven shows not episodes shows uh we got so much content at the five dollar level and we got so many more gifts at the 10 20 30 uh if you want to pick a month i'm sure that's on there as one of our things go check it out see what you want to do and maybe toss us a couple of bucks here and there yeah Cammy, where can we find you? You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Magic Ghost Baby. Um, you, Jarrett's not here, but you can find him on Instagram at Daddy with an I underscore Dangerfield, and you can find him on Twitter at Jarrett underscore Miller. Um, you can find us as a network on Instagram at Spooky Time Network. You can find us on Twitter at Spooky Time Net. We are very entertaining on Twitter, let me tell you. Um, oh, we're a whoever a runs that half. Twitter account is just a real funny fella. Let me tell you. Funny thing, it's actually my good friend Mel Gibson. I <gasps> gave him the password, and he's just been doing a great job. Mel Gibson. Is this his redemption arc? Will the public learn to love him again through the art of Twitter? <laughs> find out on our Twitter at Spooky Time Net. You can find us on Facebook if you so please. If you uh, just type in Spooky Time Network into your search bar. Um, yeah, Kyle already told uh, you that you can find us on Patreon at Spooky uh, at blah 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 blah. You know what? Fuck it. I hate saying the <laughs> Patreon because none of us can get it right. It's so tricky, but so simple. He said it already. Just rewind it. So, uh, yeah, until next week with a new theme. Uh, have a good week. <laughs> Finish watching uh, Hitchcock's whole filmography and see which ones you would give the cock to. Yeah. And let us know on, on Twitter where you're putting your cocks on Twitter. Yeah. Cocks on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, folks. Sayonara. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right.